Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Um, yeah, so another Tuesday tune-in. Again, these come around so fast, Dave, don't they? Every Tuesday, mate. Every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Just dick and fast every Tuesday. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, I, it's crazy. Like I don't even know how many we're up to now, but it's got to be it's got to be nearly thirty weeks now that we've been doing. Uh, it's, I, I actually, uh, you know, I'm like um, I did count uh, the, earlier today, and it's thirty-one. Thirty-one, nice, nice. Oh, thirty-one man. of these people well. with a bunch of people. Hey, hey Bri, Bri, Abby, Paul, how's it going, Paul? Even Evertrek are on here. Great to see Evertrek on here as well. Always oh, great. hey Evertrek, how's it going, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Um, Lauren is, um, is is she's on the phones. Um, as Dave likes to put it, um, she is looking at all the comments and managing all the the things there as we as we as we crack on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we we're all working from home at the moment. Um, we're having, I mean, one a little bit of an office rejig. We're getting some nice new stuff in the office, but also yeah. as well because um, local lockdowns and actually on Friday we're having a little bit of a circuit break over two weeks. So um, yeah, uh, so we're not going to be in the office for. The foreseeable weeks um but not to worry uh, as you know if you've been following us for a while we do these from home anyway um although dave's still in prison uh, yeah still in prison yeah yeah but i've been um you know got their headphones now which will hopefully improve the audio um <laughs> yeah smuggled these in in a cake um, it's all good it's all good oh uh, brilliant uh, namaste alan great to see you on mate great to see you on you got some good numbers today it's great um right okay so yeah we'll, we'll, we'll crack on dave um, today is all around um, managing your health at a high altitude. We've had a bunch of questions through. Yeah. Really good, actually. We've had several questions come in this morning around it, and it was specifically around health as well. So, yeah, really, really good. I'm excited to, to talk about this. As always, yeah. if you're on the live, um, if you've got any questions yourself around any trip, um, you know, do drop them in the comments there. Um, and then the guys uh, basically WhatsApping us the, the questions, and we'll be able to, to take them on. Yeah, exactly. There's, um, a whole there's a whole system behind the scenes, all set up. You know, <laughs> the really system called WhatsApp. It's absolutely yeah, brilliant. exactly. But um, no, it's really good. Um, but yeah, no, really excited about this one today because I think 
I'd say nine out of 10 people when they go on these trips and stuff like that have some yeah. form of like health condition that they need to manage, you know, yeah. but it just might even be like a sore knee or it might be something, you know, like a heart condition or, you know, right. That's like the far end of it. I know Ramona's got a heart condition and maybe even had an op, I think. I think she did. Yeah. And then you've got asthma. So there's loads of things that we're going to talk about today. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be good to check it off. And I'm pretty sure you guys are going to have some uh, questions as well. Yeah, well, I can see it's, it's interesting because I think Debbie's mentioned asthma again. And I, I know we've done one all around asthma, uh, but we will touch upon that today as well because, uh, you know, it is a common condition that yeah. people do work with and, you know, who go to high altitude. So it's very important to chat about that. And we will. Yeah. Um, also, as well, do stick around because we, we have some cool news about Nepal. Um, if you have been around the community for a while, I know there's, there's a few people, um, some new names on, on, on the viewers list there. Um, that we we did a little bit of a fundraiser back in May, which was awesome. We raised, I think it was four thousand two hundred and seventy dollars, which is about three and a half thousand pounds, which was awesome. Which went to the guys and the staff over in Nepal. Um, you know, we were really happy about that because, you know, with the big CV nineteen, it did impact um, you know our operations in Nepal. We weren't able to run trips. Yeah. Um, you know, at that point, so it was great to support the staff over there. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, but it is in terms of helping Nepal because this autumn uh, season has been impacted. And um, speaking to our operations manager over in Nepal, Anuj, we came up with a little bit of idea. I won't spoil it though. We will talk about that in a bit. We'll we'll crack on first with a little bit of the Q and A, uh, and also talking about um, the health first. Yeah. Dave, where where do we start, mate? With with the health conditions, then where do we all start? Um, well, it's crazy. I mean, I think maybe, Anne, you could talk a little bit about asthma because that's what <laughs> I'm seeing right now is, okay. is, is, is asthma. Um, and it, I, I, I'm one of those, but I don't have asthma. I got told by a doctor one time that I might have exercise-induced asthma. Yeah. Um, just, But that might also just be in, like, I don't know, slightly too eager at the start of climbs and things. So when I'm, like, on my bike or hiking and I start off on a steep, um, I, 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 I start to lose my breath and I can't catch it again and it can it can go on for a long time yeah. um, and I manage it not with any form of medication but just by like if I see a hill and it's right at the beginning and I've got resting heart rate I'll go very slowly yeah. really slow but obviously managing like chronic asthma like you've got is a whole different kettle of fish right so that's something you need to be wary of all the time yeah, definitely. I mean, a few a few questions came in. I know um, just dropping in the comments there, I think Debbie Butterworth. Hey, Debbie. Uh, great to see you on. Um, has dropped in a comment. I will answer some of the questions around it because um, who was it here? I'll just drop in, uh, I believe, um, just as I read through some of these comments. I think there was a, a there was Kim Reason she'd asked. Um, and also it was Joe. I uh, didn't get your surname, Joe, around asthma and COPD. Uh, lung function um, problems or altitude because you're right to ask about that because you know when you're altitude um, it is an oxygen deprived environment so it is you know you think you know in your mind it's, it's going to be more challenging but yeah I've got I've, I've been an asthma sufferer since I was a child um, you know I, I, I used to think the same and that it was it, it would stop me from doing certain things but then it was I, I realized that was purely this that, that got in the way and once I actually got to um, and start trekking a high altitude i realized that it actually didn't affect me at all um you know and, and i know there's varying levels of asthma um you know and, and anything around health i mean although we're talking about healthy we're not health experts we're no. just guys and you know we're a company that does high altitude trekking and mountaineering but you know you kind of learn a thing or two as you go along and, and we're just sharing our 
opinions here. But yeah, anything like this, if, if you've got any worries around asthma, we always suggest speaking to, um, you know, your GP, uh, people, you know, if you've got any private healthcare things like that. Um, but yeah, with asthma, I realized that purely it was about how you manage it. It doesn't change that whether you're hiking at sea level or whether you're hiking at four and a half thousand meters, it really doesn't. Um, you, you might slow down a bit, but everyone slows down because you can't go fast at altitude. Um, if anything, I, I've seen some science, I've read quite a few things around that actually asthma sufferers tend to do sometimes better. Um, something around um, their lungs and, and there's certain parts of the lungs. Um, and uh, normally on a day to day life, if you've got asthma, those the ones that work better uh, are always like working better with the other ones. They kind of shut off. But and it's the same altitude. It'll, your body will use what it's got. Um, and if, if those sections are working well, it'll use them. Um, whereas people who haven't got asthma and their bodies aren't used to do that, there's a little bit of catching up. So, yeah, it's, it's strange. It's really weird. But honestly, asthma is one of those things that I would say shouldn't hold you back. Um, yeah. But uh, it is how you manage it. So you've got to make sure you have your medication with you. If you've got preventative medication, as well as, you know, if you've got like, um, you know, the blue inhaler that you see people use. Um, that's if, you know, if you're struggling. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a super important thing. And uh, if you do want to do there's a we did an episode all around asthma, actually, which I think was called Take Our Breath Away. I think it was a, it was a bit of a play on words. But anyway, yeah. which. Um, uh, we did a live all about that. So definitely have a look at our previous lives because we've got more information around that. Um, I think Leah has, has made a good point there and something I've done before. Um, there are some exercises um, that you can do uh, in terms of trying to basically get more lung function. Yeah. Uh, you know, give a little Google. There's a lot of there's a lot of good information out there around that information specifically. But so, yeah, we wanted to hit that head on because we had a couple of questions around asthma. And I hope that makes sense. Uh, I hope they've done that justice. Sorry, mate, you cut out. What were you saying? Sorry, Dave. I'm taking all the. Yeah, no, no, it's really good, mate. It's, it's actually quite insightful, you know, for, you know, because I've trekked with you a lot, you know, and I can actually, you know, visibly see the management of that condition like happening yeah. on the hill. You know, like you, you said about your breathing exercises and stuff that you find that helps. Um, yeah, and certainly, you know, there's a story about, um, there's a, a climber called Mons Jensen, who is, um, he's Danish, and he's a, a triathlete who had seriously bad asthma, um, and then set himself the goal of summiting Everest without supplemental oxygen. It turns out that he wasn't able to do that, but he did summit, he just had to use the oxygen to summit, you know, um, but it just goes to show that, like, you know, anything is possible, um, you know, with the right mindset and the right preparation and things like that. And I think you've frozen on my screen, or is it me that's frozen? We love a bit of tech issues, don't we? Uh, guys, can you let me know if I'm frozen or if Andy's frozen? Um, if it's me, I guess I'll just keep talking. Okay, I think it's just me. I think it's just me talking. So, okay, um, yeah, what I'm going to do is uh, talk a little bit about a couple of the other questions. Right, we're going to roll with this one. Um, yeah, so one of the other things that we get we get asked quite a lot. By the way, Andy's messaged he's going to be coming back as well. Um, so, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, which I was going to bring up, was, um, yeah, he's in deep thought, I think, is what that. He just literally just, hmm, asthma, yes. Um, no, is um, sleep apnea. 
So we get asked a lot about sleep apnea because it's an incredibly, you know, common condition that people suffer with. Um, and it's about, you know, how people who have sleep apnea are still able to go to the mountains. Now, one of the things that we get asked a lot about is the machines that people use, you know, to manage their sleep apnea at night and they have to be plugged into the mains. So that does present a little bit of an issue because I've done quite a few EBC treks and I've done a Killy trek. Um, on Killy, it's not really possible because you're intense. So there is nowhere to plug the machine in. Um, when you're on um, in Nepal, I've been to each of the lodges and now they do have power in the lodges, but on every single trip that I've gone on, at least one or two or three days of each trip at different lodges, you lose power. Um, so it's one of those things where you're not going to be able to plug the machine in. My advice to everyone who has like sleep apnea is, you know, if the condition can be managed for a short period of time at altitude without the machine, um, then that's something that, you know, we're more than happy to uh, accommodate as long as you, you know, inform us. Um, but actually, if you need the machine, it's going to be difficult um, because of the, the lack of power and the unreliability of power in the Kumbu as well. A lot of it is solar powered. So if the weather comes in and something like that happens, um, yeah, it can be like um, it can be pretty bad. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it's the Dave show. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So what I'll do is I'll just cover off some of the questions until Andy comes back. Um, I just get a message. Just. Keep talking, Dave, just firing up the Wi-Fi. So they are on their way back. Awesome. Um, yeah, so one of the questions is from Mark here on email. I said, he's, um, this would be his first trek. Um, I'm assuming he means to EBC. How dangerous can it be? And what about all the wild animals do you see? I suppose that's relevant because wild animals can present a, um, a significant health problem uh, if you run into them. Um, but honestly, uh, Everest, I'll start with the animals. This is an easy question. There aren't many dangerous ones. In the Kumbu region, you have red pandas, you won't see them. Uh, snow leopards, you won't see them. The main thing you'll see are horses, yaks, uh, chupke, which is a cross between a yak and a cow, um, and donkeys and things like that. And what we say is just give them space, leave them alone. If you are passing them, make sure that they're on the edge, not you, um, because you know if something startles them or they want to go past you, particularly the yaks, the yak goes where the yak wants. So it will just walk straight past you and potentially like nudge you off. Um, so yeah, with regards to how dangerous EBC is, EBC is not that dangerous. There are certain risks involved, but we can mitigate and manage those risks. The biggest one obviously is around altitude and things like that. Um, um, and we can manage that in like multiple different ways by pace, hydration, training beforehand and things like that. Um, so let's have another look at what other questions we have here. So Abby, I have weak tendons and as a result, a low lactate threshold. Do you know of any effective training exercises that can improve lactate threshold in my legs and help with injury prevention? Okay, um, to be honest, I think maybe just like if it's weak tendons, one thing I would say is be careful with certain antibiotics because they can cause severe tendonitis, particularly in the Achilles tendon. And um, a friend of mine actually ruptured, um, this is many, many years ago, playing football, was on antibiotics and actually ruptured a tendon um, from taking antibiotics that caused that problem. Um, I don't know of anything specific, to be honest. I'd be more inclined to get, get in touch with people at the Altitude Center. So we've hooked up with those guys and they provide like specific training about altitude, how you can prepare the body for altitude and things like that. And they're particularly knowledgeable about all of that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely, um, you know, think about contacting those guys. To be honest, I'd be more inclined to think of stretching, yoga, pilates, all that sort of stuff that does that and strengthens the tendons and muscles and things like that. Um, 
hang on a minute now. So it looks like, I think, just judging by the way the screen's looking, that Andy's going to be popping up. Um, Paul Dewhurst, any rabies issues? How's it going, Paul? I haven't seen you in a long time since we trekked together on the training weekend. Um, yeah, any rabies issues? So rabies is um, officially an optional vaccination that you can have for when you go abroad um, to like Nepal um, or Tanzania or anywhere like that. Um, I personally choose to take it. It's one of those things that I'm not going to advise anyone to take or not to take. I'm going to simply tell you the facts that I was told by the, the travel doctors, which is that it's optional, it's low risk, but it is in the country. Um, so it all depends on your sort of comfort threshold. I would say um, definitely, you know, if you're concerned about it, definitely get it. It's a few jabs, it's a, a little bit of money. It's not the cheapest vaccination, but it's not crazy expensive. Um, and it will give you peace of mind. And it's all about peace of mind. One of those things I was talking about asthma. I was talking to a guide once before who told me about um, how anxiety can play a part in it. So when people that have asthma or any type of like health condition, particularly when it's related to sort of lung function and breathing, um, you know, the anxiety of that can actually trigger some of the symptoms or can sort of mask the symptoms. You might be having some form of anxiety um, attack or something like that because you're, you're worried about it. So this is why we talk about preparation before the trip, you know, increasing that knowledge base, going out and doing the training and getting used to how your body reacts. Um, and that way you can shelve a lot of that like mental angst and just get along with enjoying the trip. Um, yeah. So I think Andy's trying to join, but he's kind of coming in and out. And I think I'm switching sides and going back in the middle. So yeah, we'll, we'll stick with it. Um, so, ah, right, Parisha Patel, uh, Diane, I'd say yeah, a friend of yours uh, couldn't summit Kili due to low levels of iron. Why? Wow, that's um, that's strange because that could be fixed with a supplement or just um, a good diet and stuff like that. So um, I'm assuming iron, so that's probably like energy levels and things like that that were affected. Oh, wow. Um, and then, okay, another question from Beth on the email. Has anyone with type 1 diabetes climbed Kili or EBC? The answer is yes. Um, and it's all about bringing along any medication and any dietary requirements that you need um, and making us aware of that and making the guide aware of that. Because there is a lot we can do to like cater for diet and medication. And if there's any backup medication. So if you have it and you're the only person that has it, um, you know, probably not a good idea, because if something was to happen where you are not ambulatory or couldn't speak, the guide needs to know where to get the medication. So we have had people with diabetes who um, need to have like the daily injections and, and a strict diet. Let the guide know. He'll make sure that the, the, the diet is, you know, exactly what you need, um, whether that be like fresh fruits or whatever you need. And also maybe give them some of the uh, uh, medication for emergency. So if they need to provide it to you in an emergency, they can do that. Um, but otherwise, it's certainly possible. It's simply, you know, about keeping your levels, you know, really good, monitoring that. I know Jen, the uh, lesser spotted yeti, her father's uh, diabetic. And he has like a little, um, I don't know, it's like a little disc here. It's like an implant. Um, and it's like a smart thing. So you can get your phone and put it up against the, the disc and it'll give you a reading of what your levels are like. Um, fascinating stuff, you know, like I, I love stuff like that. So if that's possible, you know, you can monitor it and things like that, like every hour or so, you can just keep checking it and make sure that you have what you need. Um, yeah, amazing. Ah, Mark Van Rossum, iron is the most important of hemoglobin, which carries the oxygen in the blood. Low iron can be managed, but there is no short-term fix. Wow, very interesting. Um, you know, learning stuff all the time about that. So an iron supplement then, Mark, I'm assuming that would sort of help, but not fix 
the problem. Um, because I always take like multivits and stuff like that when I'm on the trips anyway, um, just to make sure that yeah, I don't exactly know, if, you know, whether it's having a huge effect or not. There's a lot of information out there about multivits, some pros, some against. Personally, I feel like my diet when I go on these trips is radically different to how it is when I'm back home. So there's an adjustment there that has to be made for diet. Um, and also it's quite samey. So you're going to be eating the same stuff most of the day. Um, so, you know, having that uh, supplement at least gives me peace of mind that I'm giving my body stuff that perhaps it's not getting that it's used to. So I think it does make a little bit of difference, even if it's only up here. Um, excellent. So, okay, cracking on. Um, oh, Kim Reason, happy sloth day. Bye, bye, everyone. Happy sloth day. It is sloth day. So if you're sat at your desk, please lie down. Um, if you're already in bed, lie down harder. Um, so, uh, and also Kim says, we mentioned um, altitude pills that you can take while trekking up mountains. Are there any medications you can't take with them? Um, so you, uh, there's more to this. So the background is to my question, she is an asthma sufferer and has always wanted to climb somewhere amazing like EBC or Killy, but could definitely see herself getting the trekking bug, definitely. Um, but a bit worried that her lungs would be okay and the altitude generally fair, okay. So with Diamox, I think you can't take any other medication that have something to do with sulfur. Um, usually I prepare for, um, you know, that, that type of thing. So if you are taking any other medications that are like sulfur based or something like that, then you definitely can't take Diamox with them. Um, but Diamox on its own, if you don't have any other contradictions with any other medication, um, you know, is, is a safe thing to take. I've taken it myself. Um, you know, I've done EBC, it's strange, I've done EBC uh, four times, never needed Diamox, never had any altitude problems. And then on Kilimanjaro in February, we got to a point where I wasn't feeling like unwell, but I could just feel like I wasn't firing on all cylinders. And that's kind of what the early things about uh, early signs of altitude are like. So you don't really kind of have a sudden like drop. It's usually you can spot it. And it takes sometimes a bit of experience to know, which is why our guides are crucial, because some people might not even realize. But, um, yeah, I just wasn't firing on all cylinders, felt like I wasn't sort of, you know, wasn't adjusting as well. So I just so I started on the Diamox. I spoke to the guide. He recommended a dose, and I took a half a pill in the morning, half a pill at night. And that's what I stayed on then um, until I got back down. Um, yeah, and I summited Killy, and I felt fine. So that's what it's all about. If it's one of those things where it's safe for you to do and it involves and it means that you can, you know, reach the summit and celebrate and achieve that, it's a tiny price to pay and you don't even think about it afterwards. Um, let's have a quick look. So, yeah, um, Ramona's made a good point here. So Ramona's had two halves, I believe, um, you know, and, and actually went to EBC. So and she says here that she brought a letter from her GP explaining the meds and why she was using them in case she was questioned at customs, probably a good idea. Um, I heard uh, a story one time where someone brought uh, tramadol um, for a bad back into one of these um, countries where it's illegal and actually got into a huge amount of trouble. So, yeah, with stuff like that, particularly the real strong stuff. Yeah. Have some form of like corroboration from a GP or something like that, just in case. Um, uh, Lewis Coleman, avoid sodium bicarbonate with Dimox. There you go. Um, another question. So Joe wanted to ask about trekking at altitude with breathing conditions such as asthma, COPD. Is it possible? Yes, uh, it is possible. Um, I won't rehash everything Andy's just said, 
Um, but if you haven't seen that bit at the beginning, go back and watch that because um, Andy's really knowledgeable about this sort of stuff. Also, um, there is a guide on the Knowledge Center um, and he's able to, um, you know, gives you a really good sort of overview. Hang on a sec. So a question just popped up here. Avoid so, so I think Andy's here, but he's not here. I think the ghost of Andy is controlling the screen, but um, not actually here himself. So that's all right. We'll crack on. Um, yes, yeah, Sh uh, Sinead there, there, four out of 13 in a group needed it. I'm assuming that's referring to Diamox. That's probably about right. Some groups, you know, you'll see everyone on it. Some groups you won't. Um, my view when I first went out to EBC was that I had the Diamox and I had it prescribed um, in the UK. You can also get it there and our guides also have it as well. So there's never a shortage of it on any trek. And if you need it, it's there. We can guarantee that. Um, but my view was where I'd done all the training and I felt physically strong enough and I didn't have any major concerns at the beginning of the trip. So I decided to just play it by ear and carry on with the trip with a view to not taking Diamox um, and just see how I got on. And that first trip, I felt fine and I didn't need to take it. Uh, but always in the back of my mind, I've always thought, you know, it's not it's not like an ego trip. You know, you don't get any extra points and stuff like that for... Um, you know, forget into the summit of Kili or EBC without it. Um, it's literally just about, um, you know, getting there and having fun and enjoying yourself. So if that's what's needed, that's what's needed. Um, okay, another question has popped up here. So I'm being fed the questions now, Julian Ash. If you have an injury on the EBC trip, can you rest for a day and then catch up? Okay, so here's the, the thing about that. Technically, it can be possible, but it's a little bit tricky because we have a set itinerary and the group will carry on. So if you have an injury that stops you from walking, it's one of those where generally speaking, a day's rest won't improve the condition. If you can't walk on it, a day's rest quite often won't get you to the point where you can carry on and, and do another four, five, six days of trekking. Um, if it's like a little niggly issue and you need to sort of take it slow, that's probably the preferred approach. So if you have like a knee injury, for instance, um, and it starts playing up and you're not actually able to sort of, you know, you're always, you know, hanging at the back, which is fine anyway, but if you feel like you need more rests and stuff like that, all you need to do is talk to the guide, explain the issue. What will happen then is we'll have like a second guide that will be hanging back with you. We'll strap the knee, um, we'll get some painkillers and, you know, we'll take it slow and that's how we tend to manage it. Um, because there's no real option of staying still on the mountains for too long um, because you'll you know you'll the other group will be ahead of you like by a day so you'll be on your own then the whole time also the flights to Lukla um, and back to Kathmandu will also have to be changed and things like that so it can be done you know if it's a case of like you're a day behind and something unusual happens um, then yeah but just so you know it's never happened with us at all ever um, so, yeah, we've always been able to manage the conditions um, and look after people correctly and enable them to continue. That's the idea. If someone unfortunately can't walk, um, then really realistically the only option then is to come down because it won't get any better the higher you go, particularly on the glacier and things like that. Um, excellent. Oh, cheers, Paul. Really appreciate that, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, let's have a quick look. Any other questions? So, uh, yeah, Wales is in lockdown, by the way, Alan, yes. So um, we're having a, what they call a circuit breaker lockdown for two weeks. It starts on Friday. 
but we're already in a local lockdown anyway for me in Newport. So it really, you know, the only difference is for me is that I still can't go out and there's even less open when I do. So, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, it is what it is. We crack on. We stay positive. Um, excellent. Let's have a quick look. So we've got loads more questions. <laughs> so, yeah, he's still in shock that you haven't mentioned to stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's one of those ones where we're trying to cover the, some of the issues that are a little bit out of left field. Um, but, yeah, let's just say right from the top, stay hydrated. Um, excellent. And by the way, and if you're listening to Bry and Nick and everything about sort of being hydrated, they don't mean water. Um, just so you're aware. Um, okay. So that's it. Chris Campbell, in terms of a drink at various stops along the EBC trek, uh, would you say drink tea over coffee, water, obviously? So that's entirely up to yourself. Um, to be honest, I usually drink black tea. Uh, black tea with honey, black tea with um, ginger, I drink quite a lot of and stuff like that. Andy loves a coffee, so he's not going to start a day without having a coffee. Um, the only thing I probably would say is, don't, you know, don't drink coffee sort of after midday or something like that, only because uh, sleeping at altitude can be a little troublesome anyway. So if you have a coffee with your evening meal and then you go to try and sleep and stuff like that, it might have a counterintuitive sort of effect, or a counterproductive effect and keep you awake at night and make you more tired in the morning. So, yeah, I usually just drink teas and black teas and things like that. Um, yeah. And with the water. So I usually drink about because I sweat quite a lot when I travel and when I hike. So I usually have about four to five liters of water a day. Um, and that's included in, you know, teas and things like that. But as long as I'm getting four to five liters, that's fine. So aim for that. Um, Oh, yeah, Joel Palmer. I keep explaining to my friends why it takes so long to get to EBC due to altitude. Crazy question. Has anyone ran to EBC? Um, people have ran from EBC. I'm pretty sure there's got to have been some, you know, because some of the Sherpas up there, the, the distance runners and stuff like that, have done a lot of stuff like that. But you might be interested in the Everest Marathon, um, which starts at base camp and finishes in Namshi, I believe. Um, you know, so it starts at base camp and then you just set off and then you run in one continuous thing all the way to Namshi, which is absolutely crazy. Um, one of our guides, uh, who sometimes on the lives as well, Padam, has a lot to do with that as well. So he supports some of the runners. And um, yeah, if you look up on YouTube and look at the Everest Marathon, there's loads of really interesting stuff on there that'll like blow your mind. Um, let's have a quick look. So there's got to be more questions in the emails. Um, Paul Jarrett, do I recommend carrying spare boots? And two, should you bring your own antibiotics? I, um, okay, no, I, if you're just trekking, then you don't need spare boots. Um, if you are going up Island Peak, Mera Peak, something like that, then a lot of people do bring um, second pair of boots because they don't want to trek in their crampon compatible boots. So those B2, B3 boots tend to be really stiff. Um, and not the comfiest to trek in every day. So a lot of people in their duffel bag will have their other boots as well. Um, so yeah, but no, on a day-to-day, -day, you don't need your uh, two pairs of boots. Um, secondly, uh, yes, Ramona, there is an, an EBC marathon. Check it out. Um, yeah, now with regards to the other questions or the antibiotics, you can take your own with you. I have done before. Um, if it's something, you know, like an upset stomach and stuff like that, the guides do have the medications there for you. Um, but if you have anything specific that you need the antibiotics for, always best to take them from home just so you've got your own supply, you know where they are. As always, though, just let the guides know and stuff like that, what you're taking and how much. So in an event where they need to help you take them, they know. Um, let's have a look. Doug, how's it going, Doug? The old Spudmeister. So, yeah, uh, Doug's a good friend of ours. We went up Killy together in February. 
what have I done to Andy? Um, I've replaced him with this blue screen. Um, I tell you what, though, normally when I do these things on my own, I always have a glass of water um, because all the talking does dry my throat out, but I haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, let's have a quick look. So getting more questions fed through now. I think I just had one pop. So <laughs> from Andy, is it true the Wi-Fi is available in the Everest Base Camp Trek uh, as it's clearly not available here in Wales? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I've got um, a little bit of Wi-Fi where I am in Newport, but where Andy is, is, um, you know, there's like hills and then sheep and then lots of nothing and then some more sheep. And then there's a little cottage on top of a hill. And behind that cottage is another house where Andy lives. So, yeah, that's probably why. It's very beautiful and very picturesque, but perhaps not the most reliable. Um, and, yes, there is Wi-Fi for EBC. Um, so the way it works is, so up to about Namshi, each lodge has their own individual Wi-Fi, and you have to pay to use it. Um, from Namshi above, they use a shared network called Everest Link. Um, and what can happen is that each lodge then will sell you like a little scratch card. Uh, with a certain amount of data on it. And you'll scratch the card off and it'll give you the password. Then you can log on and it'll last until your data runs out. That can get quite expensive. So what I recommend is go in Namshi. They have a lot of these telecoms shops. Um, I say a lot, there's at least four. Um, and you can't miss them. You know, you'll see the big telecom time and stuff like that. And you go in there and you can buy the Everest Link cards with like 20 gig of data on them. Um, and overall, that's much cheaper. So if you buy the Everest Link card in Namshi, with a larger amount of data. Um, it'll last you the whole time um, and it's um, and it's a lot cheaper, but you can only use it on one phone. So if you try to buy it and share it around and stuff like that, it won't work. The password's only linked to one phone once you've used it. Um, so let's have a look at this. Uh, uh, more questions. Uh, so Luke Simmons. How do you manage your energy levels during the day and between meals? Do you need snacks each day? Please, if so, what's recommended? That's exactly how we do it. So every day what we'll do is, um, you know, in your day pack, we did a really interesting one. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. They all meld into one where, like, top things to keep in your day pack. That's quite healthy, uh, helpful, and I believe we did mention snacks. So you have a big breakfast. Um, you have lunch then on the trail, and then you'll have your evening meal. One thing I will say is that I've never, ever been hungry on any of the trips that I've ever been on. There's The meals are really important, um, so we don't skimp on them, um, and we give you a good full meal. But you are right. There are certain things when you're on the trip, particularly on the summit day on Killy, because it's so long. Um, it's like 12 hours, you know, from camp to summit back to camp. You're going to need to eat during that time to keep your energy levels up. Um, so, and my personal recommendation is anything that you enjoy eating, bring with you. Um, you know, you can get things like Mars bars, Snickers, bottles of Coke and stuff like that. But a lot of people like beef jerky so they can eat some meat because um, normally we adopt a vegetarian diet. Um, so people bring a lot of beef jerky. They bring a lot of Haribo Tantastics, lollipops, all sorts of stuff like that that people like to bring, you know, just to, to keep the energy levels up. That's all you need to do. I tend to bring a lot of Mars bars, granola bars, and cereal bars. Love the cereal bars and stuff like that, the raspberry ones. Um, yeah, I'll have a few of them, and it just gives you a little pick-me-up. So, yeah, that's exactly how we all manage it. And let's have a quick look. Sorry, guys, this has sort of moved on a little bit from the health stuff uh, onto a sort of general one, but I think we're used to that, aren't we? Um, yeah, so Dave Roy, you have sleep apnea. Would you need to take a power banks to kill you to ensure your mass work 
building keeps the airways open at night. This is one thing where actually, if any of you guys are, uh, and you're sort of an expert on it, let me know because I'm actually keen to sort of educate myself about this a lot. Um, so one of the things that, um, yeah, what? No, Harry, bro, yeah. One of the things that um, I know is that you can have those masks. I've never used one or seen one, so I don't know how the power supply works. If you can bring a power, a battery pack that's strong enough to keep that running and you can ensure that it's charged for the whole trip, then that's marvelous, you know, because I'll write a blog about that and put it out there. So, guys, any of you sleep apneacs? Is that what it's called? Sleep apneacs? <laughs> any of you guys that have sleep apnea and are willing to share some information with me on stuff like that, uh, drop an email, info at evertrek.co.uk, uh, and let me know exactly what the battery packs are like, um, what the actual machine is like, how heavy it is, and what you need to have in order for it to work. Because, um, yeah, I'll definitely be interested in doing that. Um, so, let's have a quick look. More questions. So Amanda Joy Hilton, what happens if you can't continue for one day for some reason? Is it a game over? Would there be an opportunity to catch up? So yeah, I've covered that one earlier. So if you can't continue for a day for some reason, it's never happened where something has like affected you for 24 hours and then not the next day. Um, usually we can keep you going at a very slow pace. If you're going to be able to walk the next day, then we can usually manage you on the day it happens by going very slowly, taking care of you. Um, I mean, even a, a better situation than that, if I can't think of an example, but if something affected you for, say, 24 hours, what you could do is rent a horse. <laughs> I'm not recommending it. I've just seen it happen where people have jumped on a horse for a day and gone up. But that depends where you are and things like that, because they aren't always available. Personally, I'd recommend that if you can't go on and you're really suffering with some condition that's stopping you from walking, the question has to be then, is it safe to continue knowing that that could happen again at a point where it's not as easy to deal with? Because the higher you go, the more into the glacier, the more towards Everest base camp, the more tricky it can be. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, one of those issues. Um, OK, that's moving on, moving on. Um, let's have a quick look. Uh, can you get diamox in England or in Morocco? That's from uh, James Ashley. You can get it pretty much. Uh, anywhere where there is trekking activities taking place. So I re personally recommend visiting a travel clinic in the UK, um, getting it prescribed from them. Um, that's what I've always done. That's where my supplies always come from. Um, largely because, again, I talk about it a lot, having that peace of mind. You know it's there. You know where it is in your bag. Um, but, you know, always use the guide's knowledge as well. But the guides always have it as well. So if you do arrive in country and you want to be able to get some, we can get it for you, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Andy's going to be joining us join, joining us again. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's not letting him rejoin. So, guys, sorry, you've just got me for this one. Um, yeah, I think uh, Andy's going to be gutted. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, because we've been on a little bit now, um, so is the jackets for supporting our uh, team in the pool. So, basically... Um, Keep losing that. So yeah, we've got um, we've set up in conjunction with our team in Nepal this amazing new initiative that we think can benefit you and benefit those guys. Um, so it's it's born out of the the difficulty that you know they've had during these COVID season. Now obviously it's 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 quite bad over there in terms of the amount of cases and the effect that it's had on their livelihoods and things like that. Um, so what we are doing is we're getting these amazing jackets. Uh, they can even perhaps be personalized with your initials on and stuff like that with Evertrack. 
um, and it's a hundred pain for a jacket. And when you buy one of those jackets, all the profits go to the, the, the Nepalese staff during these tough times. Um, and it's going to support them, their families. It's going to enable them to sort of keep going during these times of COVID. Um, you know, so when we go back there next year, they're going to be ready and rearing to go. And, you know, it's going to be awesome. So all the colors, you can have any color you want, as long as it's black. Um, and you can choose all the sizes from the website and stuff like that. They're going to be perfect for the upcoming winter. Um, I've used one of the down jackets myself. They are very good. We have gone to a great lengths to make sure that they are, um, you know, they're going to be made to a good quality and stuff like that. Um, there are links to where you can do this on the website. Um, honestly, we're really super happy to be doing this um, and helping the guys out there because they do so much for us. Um, you know, Evertrek was built um, initially from the ground up trekking in Nepal. Um, and we've personally benefited so much from all their hard work and dedication and things like that. And we want to do something that's mutually beneficial for us, you guys, and them um, to keep them going and, you know, keep them strong and healthy and stuff like that. So, yeah, please do uh, visit the website. Please do have a look. Um, and, you know, if you are able to get a jacket that you want to use and wear um, and also, you know, you have that extra warm feeling that you know you're helping people as well so awesome guys i know you guys are going to be great because you know you're always super engaged and stuff like that so yeah wicked thank you um excellent so what i'll do i'll fire off a couple more questions um and then we will i think that should be a man there's so many um so let's have a quick look they're coming through um so lisa edmund she knows about showers on the trek becoming a luxury but is there any way of getting a little hot water for washing yes there is so you can definitely um uh get hot water during the trip as well um in tengboche uh, i had a bucket shower the best shower that i've ever had in my life so just a big deep bucket full of lovely hot water and it was the best thing ever um personally i have about one or two showers maximum during the whole trip um, zero showers on Killy. That's always a wet whitewash, um, just because there's no point. It's so dusty and so dirty. You'll come out, you'll be slightly wet. All the dust will stick to you, and you'll be worse off. So a wet wipe inside the tent is far better. Um, but yeah, um, excellent guys. So I think what we'll do, we will call it a day there. I just wanted to say again about the jackets. Um, you know, really appreciate all your support with this, guys. Um, you know, it's, it's super important to us. It's super important to everyone, and I know you guys are going to be awesome. Um, if you guys have any other questions or anything like that, sorry, this one's been a little bit wiry. Uh, maybe we'll revisit all of the um, all of the uh, health issues again. But there's some awesome advice from Andy at the beginning of this live about um, asthma and stuff like that. Uh, Leah, I can see a comment here. Lauren on the phones will be um, can put a link in and stuff like that that will help you guys. Um, yeah, awesome. It's been an awesome live. Uh, Andy is going to say. He's going to be gutted. He missed it. But um, yeah, anything else you guys need, just let me know. Also, sleep apnea, guys. Drop me a message as well. Really keen to learn a little bit more about it because it's a very common question that we got. All the best, guys. Thank you very much. I'm going to try and figure out how to turn this off now. So I'll keep talking with you um, until we're live. But I think Andy might actually have to do it. So if it just cuts off, that's why. Um, but yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, just you as it going. Uh, ah, thanks for the, the solo one. Yeah, normally when it's solo, I can prepare a little. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. 
<laughs> thanks mate thanks now if, uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye Thank you.